Hello. Hello. I'm Kelsey. I'm Nicole. And this is Sex, Sex Drugs, and, and Rococo, the salacious art history podcast. Our, our pause for the intro. Pause for intro. All right, uh, we're coming back at you. This is our second season, our first episode in our new batch. Um, and today we're going to be talking about Marcel Duchamp's bottle rack. Mm. So, Nicole, do you know anything? I mean, I know we've talked a little bit about Duchamp before, but what is mm-hmm. he kind of like known for? Like, tell me, tell me what you got so did he far. do The Fountain? He did. Yeah, and then he also did New Descending, A Staircase. Yes, which so, I totally forgot about that, which I think is an interesting point that I want to bring up. <laughs> yeah, um, so he he was like a painter, kind of like mm-hmm. a ready-made artist, and he did like Dada art. Yeah, exactly. So like you hit on these three big um, items that we talked about with Duchamp, and two of those being the ready-made mm-hmm. and Dada. So I know we did an episode before about Dada and kind of like the absurdity of it, Mm -hmm. Um, but Duchamp is the one who spearheaded the movement for Dadaism. And the ready-made, I actually remember when we did this episode, and you're like, yeah, ready-mades. And I was like, Nicole, I don't know what that means. And I was like, please <laughs> tell me, because I don't, I don't get it. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's just junk that you slap something yeah, on. Yeah, it seems so simple. All right, yeah. so... Um, oh, wait, so, yeah, like, going yeah, over, like, ready-made, like, he did the fountain, which is just basically a urinal. A urinal. That he signed. Yes. With a different name. Yeah. And, and there was... like, boom. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about kind of like the context in which we need to read a lot of Duchamp's work. But um, uh, lately for class, I've been reading a lot. Well, this week. So I'm in uh, one of my art history classes for uh, my MFA program is 20th century art history. Mm-hmm. So I'm like right in the thick of it right now. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been, I've been sending Nicole all these crazy texts from like Picasso quotes and like futurist quotes and stuff. And that's extra. Don't, you don't. You don't like them. They're <laughs> <laughs> not my cup of tea. They're they're wild. I don't know. Just reading. Yeah. Well, you know. You know what's so interesting. Before we get into the Duchamp topic, um, what I'm finding that's so cool that I'm really envious of there are all these like really tight knit artistic circles that were very mm-hmm. popular in the 20th century that would just publish their manifestos to the newspapers. Yeah. Like, what? Nicole, Art do you want to publi- like, publish? Publish. <laughs> publish something with Pablo you. Pablo Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, they would just publish these manifestos, these really, like, heartfelt documents about their, their beliefs and how they made art and why they made art. Is that what to, we're like, doing now with our podcast? I think it is. This is our manifesto? I think this is our manifesto. But, like, you know, I, I don't know, it should just be so firm in a belief that you want to collaboratively, publicly display that. Yeah. That's really... That's like, what we're doing. Yeah, that's what we're doing. All right. <laughs> yeah, I feel you, though. I feel you. But uh, that's that's also. been, like, this common theme with, like, the futurist, Cubis, yeah. Dada. They get together and yeah. write a book. I just imagine these, like... Um, I don't know, these really artsy communists in a smoky basement, like, mm-hmm. huddled around a typewriter. They're like, this is... This write is that down, write that down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put that in there. Yeah. All right, so um, Marcel Duchamp was a French artist. Uh, he was born in 1887, and uh, he is famous for spearheading the Dada movement. Um, he is one. He was one of six children, four of which became artists, which I think is very interesting. His two older brothers, himself and his sister, were all known as artists in their lifetime. Which, uh, wow, those parents were probably pretty disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you 
like, what are you, like, going to, uh, you know, what's it, baby their wrong? business parties, their Christmas parties, and they're like, oh, so my son's a doctor, my son's a lawyer, yeah. my son is making ready-made art for the Dada movement. Out of urinals. <laughs> urinals. Public urinals. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, side note, I just cranked my heated blanket up to high. Yeah, Nicole and I are sitting in heated blankets. It's really nice. It's I've also so nice. have two warm cats on me as well. Yeah. Snuggling up I in know, these blankets. I'm, I miss Hammy, my little pod buddy. Yeah, our pod okay. cats. <laughs> <laughs> we just, okay, trademark, we, we own that term. <laughs> we just um, came up with it. So, <clears throat> Duchamp. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his two older brothers were much more... Um, in the Impressionist movement and painted very realistically, his sister for a while dabbled in the Dada movement with him, but mm-hmm. eventually moved on. Um, so, I'm playing with hands up. Oh, because oh, <laughs> Nicole has a very pensive face, like, ooh, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, does, <laughs> does she know his sister? Like, do no. we know this artwork? <laughs> I just ate a burrito. <laughs> yeah, we got really good Mexican food. Uh, okay, sorry. All right, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right uh, so Duchamp. Um, yeah. He, so his older brothers were, were very big in the art scene, and they were kind of uh, hanging out around the Impressionists and around the Cubists and painting with more formal, as opposed to Dadaism, mm-hmm. with more formal techniques than uh, he was. And, you know, it's so funny that you mentioned that Duchamp did New Descending Staircase, because I totally forgot that he did that. Mm-hmm. Like, 100%. I was doing my research uh, earlier, and I and I saw that, and I was like, oh. Yeah, he was a cubist for, like, a hot second. Yeah, yeah. So, um, one really interesting thing that I uh, read about with him was that he... He was, he was close with his brothers, um, and he was exposed to, like, these... Uh, these art circles and was going to these different shows but I read something that said he was uncomfortably aware that he had arrived to the scene too late to kind of make any kind of standing impact Mm. or standing impression so he kind of started um trying to find new ways to be like a top artist which is just you know um interesting that he was so mindful of that uh so we talked before about the urinal and ready maids. Mm-hmm. Let's let's dive into that. Mm-hmm. What is a ready maid? Because I didn't know. <laughs> I had to figure that out. I was like, what? Oh, is, what is this? All right. Um, so the one uh, the 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 work of art that we're going to be talking about tonight is Duchamp's bottle rack. Mm-hmm. Oh, there it was. Yeah, yeah. That thing's wild. And every time mm-hmm. I look at it, I'm like, what is that? It looks some like like some medieval torture tool doesn't yeah. it like it looks I mean, it looks crazy my dad is into like brewing his own beer so he's oh that makes sense into too, these. yeah <laughs> so i'm like yeah that's what you use to sterilize your bottles and dry them on because right. it, it's it looks like to describe it it looks like a christmas tree mm-hmm. but just like spikes yeah it's it just like an yeah. iron ring yeah with spikes sticking upwards right to dry bottles on yeah. so I didn't really understand what it was at first um so I was doing some reading about it but so uh, like we said Duchamp started as a painter realized that like he wasn't cutting it his paintings were okay there was nothing wrong with his paintings they seemed very um run-of-the-mill for the mm-hmm. time uh but just wasn't anything new yeah so there's actually, like, Duchamp has a, a piece of writing about abandoning painting and what that meant to him and leaving that world. But he apparently, in his Paris studio, before he left to move to New York, he had all of these uh, ready-mades, which weren't called that at the time. Um, but he had this bottle rack that he bought from a department store. And he installed it in the back of his studio and called it a pre-made sculpture. <laughs> 
so he said, this is my work of art. Yeah. It was just pre-made. Like, somebody else just made it. And, and I'm going to, this is now in my studio. He is a douche-amp. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's, uh, it's just like a, I don't know. Yeah, yep. If, like, someone I knew said that, I'd be like, shut up. Right? Kelsey, shut up. This is not a pre-made sculpture. Yeah, so he called it this, like, it was a, a, a ready-made sculpture. Yeah. And he had it in the back of his studio. And if anybody came over, he would say, oh, yes, this is my sculpture. I got it from this department no, store. No, no. <laughs> and whatever. Uh. And then he also had the other piece that's very famous um, from this and, like, I love the story behind it because it's just so wild, mm-hmm. is the bicycle wheel, which was um, a, a wheel of a bicycle mm-hmm. that was mounted upside down to a stool, like yep. a bar stool. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Um, so I, that one did involve a little bit of crafting. Yeah, he had to he put had it to, together. Yeah, like, See, take I the wheel like off of a See, I feel like I'm more comfortable calling that his sculpture right. than the bottle rack. Okay, all right. And then there's another piece that is a little bit more famous. Um, it's, the, it's, it's a shovel. It's a snow shovel. And the title is In Advance of the Broken Arm. <laughs> Which is, like, kind of funny. And we're yeah. like, what? I don't, Dude, I don't know. Dude, like that. Advance of the Broken Back. Right? Did exactly. you get that slushy snow last week? No, I almost I threw like my back out. Nice, fine, powdery snow. <laughs> oh, snow God, it was great. Was so slushy. <laughs> I only had the shovel. 20 square feet of my driveway, and Dang. the next day I like, couldn't lift my yeah. arms up. Oh, no, I didn't even clean off my car until like four in the afternoon <laughs> and by that point it was raining and like it did all the work for me oh my gosh we got ice dang all right so yeah, so. Um, so Duchamp has this shovel and again it's it's just a snow shovel that's all that it is and then it was placed in a gallery but it has this title and uh Duchamp is kind of known for creating these titles that um are enigmatic but build something and contribute to our understanding of what this work of art is. Um, And that's actually, I want to jump back to New Descending Staircase because his paintings, like we said, we're we're kind of in this cubist moment. um, And the nude is is definitely one that fits into that category, right? Uh, Cubism, if we break it down really simply, it's looking at an object from all different angles at once. Mm-hmm. Right, so I see the top of it, I see the side of it, I see the bottom of it, and we're yeah. going to put all of those onto one singular picture plane. It's also about, like, shapes and kind of, yeah. like, stop motion. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and that also branches a little bit into the futurists and, and how mm-hmm. uh, motion contributes to how we view things. Um, but definitely, uh, cubism is looking at multiple views on the same plane, mm-hmm. right, like all in one frame in one image. Um, so the new descending staircase is apparently was received very comically because there's something just kind of like, uh, hang on. I I wrote it down because it was just, uh, it, it was just like, it, it wasn't received well because it, they felt that the title itself was really kind of funny because there was something comical and also provocative about a nude descending a staircase just the title itself was like kind of like weird and and like people didn't know how to view it and then the actual image that it is it's like unless somebody told you it's a figure walking down a staircase you don't know what it is yeah it's like it's kind of hard to read um but art critics at the time thought it that it was like kind of undermining these profound efforts that the cubists were actually making and and so Duchamp really didn't fit into that cubist movement so he abandoned painting and moved into these ready-mades um, so he had these pieces, right? If we jump back to the bottle rack, 
he got it at a department store, took it out of the box, and put it in the back of the studio. Hell no. <laughs> there we go. That's I'm my still not on <laughs> So I was actually reading today that Duchamp is considered a more influential artist than Pablo Picasso of the 20th century, which is like, I'm wow. Really, yeah. Pablo Picasso. Everybody knows Picasso. Every yeah. single person in this world knows Picasso. Mm-hmm. At least knows the name, right? But like Duchamp changed the game of yeah. like what you could call art. Absolutely. So. That's, that's where we get it from. You know, I, I just wrote a paper recently where I kind of, um, I, I kind of described the difficulties of being a 21st century artist where we have like all of this inheritance of I everything that I could possibly think of has already been made mm-hmm. right like that's like that's the time that we try to create artwork in that it's like everything that has already been done so what do I do mm-hmm. and I and I kind of made like this what I thought was really funny because you know Nicole I always think I'm really funny mm-hmm. um but like you, you know we what we what we pass off as art today it just wouldn't fly years ago uh yeah. you know a giant chocolate crucifix um Mm-hmm. jars of the artist <laughs> right uh jars of like the artist urine used to make paintings or, uh you know, jars of kidney beans <laughs> <laughs> um or like a white square painted on a white square yeah. uh like or what's that funny thing that um in like a modern art gallery there was like something on the floor it was like a tissue or something and people kept walking around it thinking that it was like <laughs> assuming that it was part of an yeah, exhibit and they like didn't want to disturb it but it was like somebody had just dropped a tissue out of their bag yeah you know, like like it's almost offensive to question if something is not art yeah um but then i mean it's also it's a it could be offensive but it could also come off as like oh i'm just too ignorant right. or like too dumb to know it. that it's art i don't yeah, get it yeah 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 so um uh, you, you know like that's Duchamp did that for us. Mm-hmm. He, he broke open the art game. Um, so if we talk about this bottle rack, I think it's so crazy. I read something today that told the story of how it became a work of art because it's really kind of like perplexing how we uh, we today were like, oh, yes, Duchamp's bottle rack. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm like, still not on board. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't either. I never really cared for this, but then I read this. Sell cra- me on it. <laughs> I read this crazy story, and, you know, Duchamp was um, – the more I read about Duchamp, the more I feel he fits into the category with Magritte. Mm-hmm. And Nicole, you know oh. how I feel about Magritte. Kelsey loves herself some Magritte. Love you go for those Magritte. French guys. I do. Oh, René. Mais oui. That's all I know. En français. Fromage. So, uh, Duchamp... He was working in Paris, and that's where he had this studio where he started uh, using these pre-made objects in his artwork. Again, he had not coined this term ready-made yet, uh, but he was working in Paris and eventually left. He left that scene. He wasn't being received well. He moved to New York. Um, Six months later, he writes his sister, who's still in Paris, and says, please help me. I have all these works of art in my studio. I need you to follow directions perfectly and send me these works of art. So he sends this very, very detailed letter and these detailed instructions, which he he later does. Oh, that was the other thing. Well, we'll get to that later. Um, (laughs) But that that becomes a part of his artwork and a part of his um, legacy or kind of like these detailed instructions for his artwork, too, Mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting. Because there is something about consumerism, right? If you're buying these products and these things that are already made and then you are marketing them as your art as if you're doing something to them there there is an element of consumerism there that it's not just I have painted something now you buy it it's I'm buying something and then you buy it (laughs) you know like there's 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 something weird going on there yeah um 
So he leaves these detailed instructions for his sister. Uh, one of these things is to look for the bottle rack, and one of these things is to look for the, the bicycle wheel on top of the chair. Yeah. And in his studio? In his studio. He left them there. And six months later, he's writing his sister. Wait, where did he go? He went to New York. Oh, okay. He did left. you say that? Yeah. Did I miss that? Yes. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So he moves. He's, he was in Paris. He leaves. He, he six months later, he writes his sister. Got it. And says, there's artwork in my studio. Got Please it. mail it to me. And he's, he leaves these really detailed distru- instructions saying, um, find this bottle rack. Take it out of the box. Because <laughs> apparently he packaged it back up. Take it out of the box. Oh, my gosh. Um, and put an inscription at the bottom saying what it is and sign my name. <laughs> Here, and he, like, writes his name. He signs mm-hmm. it. And he says, copy this exactly and sign my name. Now it's a forgery. Right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, uh, and then he does the same thing about the bicycle wheel. And then, but unfortunately, his sister had already thrown this stuff out. She had oh. already cleaned out his studio. So he, she can't follow through with these things. Mm-hmm. And Duchamp's like, oh, great, what am I going to do? So buy another one. So some months pass by. Nicole, <laughs> I'm such a cynic. But just buy it. <laughs> so Nicole, some months pass by, and um, he, he he like Duchamp is very active and, and he's writing and he's very live on the on the art scene, and he writes this like long essay about these pieces, and then includes photographs of them that document them as. Replica. So these images, I have them pulled up on my uh, on my iPad right now. I'm sharing them with Nicole. These images, he calls them replicas. They're not the originals. Oh my gosh! But were they ever originals to begin with? Like that's the crazy thing. Is that yeah. like they were literally just items that he had taken out of a box? Yeah. And, and if he got the same brand of the original, would it, he still right. count it as a replica? <laughs> right. But it's like now it's this like crazy history and this like. Uh, very, very strange, I, I don't know, like, history that these objects have. So he's saying the originals were lost. Mm-hmm. The originals, does that mean that there are? That he was considering them originals six months prior when he just, like, had them in his studio? And he loved them. Yeah, like, like it's just a, it's a very, very strange, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, like, these remains that, that he, has, he has said that they're, they're art. That's yeah. what they are. They're art. That kind of reminds me of the idea of, like, magical contagion. Have you ever heard? No, tell me. So that is the idea that like humans assign to objects that people have touched. Mm. So meaning like people pay thousands of dollars for a grilled cheese that Britney Spears took a bite out of. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, is he considering this object to have like the original to have more importance just because like that was the original idea was attached to it? Right. And now he's like, oh, I don't have that anymore. So this is just a replica. Right. And then like, and then (laughs) just like doing that creates such this other world around those pieces. Mm-hmm. That, like, removes, the piece itself isn't as important as the idea. Exactly. It removes them from this ordinary standpoint of a bottle rack. Mm-hmm. Cinnip pot on pipe. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, it's not just a simple item anymore. Like, now it is, it is this work of art, mm-hmm. and it is lost. And apparently... Um, so so then like in in that in those letters to his sister that's where he coins this term ready made mm-hmm. that he says to her you understand enough english i'm using this word ready made these are the pieces and like that's where we get that title of ready made from mm-hmm. so nicole i'm sorry i didn't understand that months ago when okay. you tried to explain what a ready made was done educated I yourself get it i didn't understand <laughs> i should have um, explained it more then that's a bad teaching moment no, i should have no, retaught no. no i just like i was i was just like what no, yeah. <laughs> um 
yeah, so so he he coins that term ready made. I think before he um, oh, there's something really funny. I was reading one of his uh, apropos of ready made, which is like one of the what are we at? Twenty cool. exactly. Awesome. You All right, made I'm, I'm kind of twenty minute mark. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm kind of like wrapping up in this in this space. Um, but uh, uh, beep boop bop. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so Duchamp has this little piece of writing called The Apropos of Ready-Made, where he's kind of discussing this title that he brands his artwork with. Um, and I thought there was a really funny line where he, he talks about oh, liking... You got a quote? I do. Well, it's, it's not a quote. It's a fragment of a quote. Okay. But he talks I'll about settle. liking the uh, the alliteration of, like, ready-made aided. So he was talking about, like, what does he call these works? So it was, like, this ready-made aided work that I made. Or, um, Wait, isn't there, okay, not to be a stickler for grammar, but isn't alliteration at the beginning of the word? The sound of the, this, I guess it's like oh, the, it's the first sound? Well, the, I, don't, I don't think it, Isn't it, there like another term for the middle of the word? Probably. I don't know I what don't it know. is. <laughs> um, we're not the English department. <laughs> um, and then he also was referring to them as reciprocal ready-mades. Mm-hmm. And he, he says this, like, which I just thought was so funny, but he says, uh, use a Rembrandt as an ironing board. Was just like really funny. Like, what? <laughs> like, I don't don't know. you dare! Just like just this absurdity because he also yeah. he also speaks about it. so um, Duchamp is also so so he spearheaded the Dada movement, which was mm-hmm. anti art. He is the artist who painted a mustache on the Mona Lisa, mm-hmm. like you, you know, which is considered blasphemy, just complete sacrilege, mm-hmm. right? Um, so this user Rembrandt as an ironing board is just so funny. That's yeah. like that's comical. I, mean, I don't care who you he are. He made that's the funny. first art memes, you know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Exactly. It's exactly what it is. Um, uh, oh dang! There was like another another quote that I had wanted to find. I don't know if I can find it now. I've got I've got so much written okay, down. I'll freestyle while you're gone. Ooh, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank yeah. you for uh, your patience. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, Duchamp, he, he, you know, he started as a painter and then moved into this ready-made, um, dabbled in Dada, spearheaded mm, that. But I he like that. Dabbled in Dada. I really like that. <laughs> I want to dabble in Dada. Oh, man. Um, but, but, you know, he, he was a game changer. Um, and one of those things, we talked about how he was kind of bigger in a lot of ways than Picasso, and... He, he demonstrates these ideas that artwork and art can be achieved through the mind rather through the hand, mm. right? So it wasn't necessarily about the skill. It wasn't about being the best painter. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about following these movements. It was that I have all these concepts. Mm-hmm. Look at the context in which I'm creating this artwork. So we talked about the urinal. Um, that was totally... Uh, like a social piece, mm-hmm. um, a political piece. Didn't right? we read an article about that in Dr. Baxter's class where I was like, an artist isn't a maker, it's like a way of thinking? Yeah, Do you abs- that? I don't remember <laughs> that specifically, but a lot of was, what I'm discussing, like in grad school now, has a lot of the same ideas. Mm-hmm. That it's like, you know, do you need to be technically proficient? Do you need to be able to paint? Do you mm-hmm. need to be able to paint a realistic painting in order to be considered an artist? Is that important? You know, what are other ways to be an artist? Mm-hmm. Um, and Duchamp breaks that open completely, yeah. 100% turns it on its head. Um, so I, I really like that idea that he shows that art doesn't have to be in the hand. It can be in the mind. Mm. So these ready-mades, like, yeah, I was never really sold on them either. It's just kind of like, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can open up a 
box of wine glasses and be like, here you go. This is my pre-made sculpture. Do you like it? I put it here. I like that. Right? Uh, my five-year-old could do that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Kelsey just gave me, like, dead eyes. I can't. Like, mm. I cannot wait to do our, our fifth episode special. I don't know what we're... I don't know. Do we know what we're talking about? Yeah, our favorites. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're just oh, well, keeping it simple. Yeah. Unless we want to change it. I don't know. No, that's fine. But I just, I, I love talking about kind of these art issues and these art topics. Yeah. But they make so much more sense and they're so important to look at the art history. Like, Duchamp did that. He was the one who kind of just gave us this pre-made object and said, I have put it in this context. I have gave it this, uh, you know, crazy title. Now try to make sense of it. Do mm-hmm. you understand it? Is it in your mind? Do you get it? <laughs> Have I deceived you? You know, like, like I love that, um, that spin, that twist, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'll, I'll make sure that we post some pictures of this bottle rack. Yes. Um, as well as the, uh, the bicycle wheel. Mm-hmm. I know that you like that one a little yeah. bit more. We could throw the fountain on there too. Yeah, we can throw the fountain in because we, we've been talking about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, that's all I've got about Duchamp, yeah. the ready-mades, and the bottle rack. Are you ready for my really stupid fun fact? I'm excited. Tell us this fun fact. <laughs> it's just more useful. So, have you ever painted with tempera paint? I have. You can't use Sharpie over it. Your Sharpies will all die. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is it something with eggs? I don't or, know. Oh, but just every, like, yeah. like, I've written one letter on, like, a tempera painting with Sharpie, and it just immediately dies. Dang. So, don't use your <laughs> don't Sharpies. Don't do it. Don't kill your Sharpies. Tempera. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> all right. Thanks That's for listening. Yeah. Bye. You can also follow us on our social media uh, sites. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Our Instagram handle. Is, Kelsey, let us know. <laughs> yeah, it's a S-E-R-A-H podcast, as in sex drugs and Rococo art history podcast. And on Facebook, you can just search sex drugs and Rococo and we should pop up. Um, our email address is also the same as our Instagram, just in case you mm-hmm. want to send us any questions about art history or fan mail all your love send us your love yeah we'd love Um, to hear it you can find us at scrahpodcast at Mm gmail.com and thanks again thanks